Hey, Pastor John Aiken here. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Faith Center podcast. We hope today's teaching will awaken and equip you to live out your God-given purpose. Enjoy. And, and so I want to talk this morning about how to steward revival. And so let's just look in Acts chapter 2, and we'll start for sake of time in verse um, verse 36. Uh, let's, we'll start in verse 37, and we'll read just a little bit in Acts 2, starting verse 37, but 10 minutes on the clock. Father, in Jesus' name, I just we just thank you, God. We honor you. We praise you. We bless you. We thank you for just your goodness and so great of a salvation. And thank you, God, that you are at work. And we just honor you and we honor your word. And we ask you to open up our hearts and minds to receive from you today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so if you look in verse 37, Acts chapter 2, verse 37, it says, uh, now when they heard this, and what this means is uh, Peter had was just started preaching to the multitudes that were there at Acts chapter 2 in the city of Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. And he was preaching to them the gospel of Jesus Christ. He wasn't preaching in tongues. Um, he was preaching in a common language. They had been filled with the apostles and disciples had been filled with the Holy Spirit. And they were praising God in, in tongues and, um, and magnifying God. And then they came down and started preaching the gospel in a common language. And so when they heard, when they heard this, meaning hurting, they heard uh, Peter preach the gospel, they were cut to the heart. And said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Man, that's a right response right there. When God is working and God's word is prevailing, the right question to ask is what shall we do? What shall we do? Not what's God going to do, whatever the focus is, personal responsibility, stewardship. What shall we do? And verse 38, then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So repent and receiving uh, the remission or forgiveness of your sins and going into water baptism, that's salvation. And then after salvation and after water baptism, he says you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I believe if you study the context of the book of Acts and what he's talking here, he's he's not saying you get saved and then baptized and then you receive the person of the Holy Spirit in you. You receive that at the time of salvation and, and then you're water baptized. What he's saying is that after you... Um, Receive the person of the Holy Spirit. God wants to pour out his spirit on you. And Acts 1.8 says you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon your life. So verse 39 says, for this promise is to you and your children. And you just need to underline that phrase because anything and everything God does in your life, he's doing it in you and through you to your children. You might not be thinking about your children when God's doing a work in your life, but God is. God is always generational. He's a God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God is always generation. That's why real moves of God and real revival, real discipleship is always generational. It's always generational. And so um, to you and your children, to all who are far off, as many as the Lord God will call. Uh, and, And so he's um, so it's not just it's not just generational 
God's doing one thing in one person and wants to bring it to multiple generations, but it's also geographical. It's not about a certain place. God doesn't, it's not about this place is better than that place or whatever. Uh, God may start in a place, but he wants to move it to places. So God uses people. God works in people's life, grows people uh, so that they can take uh, the working of God to generations and geographic locations. And it's multiplying. That's what kingdom does. It's multiplying. And so verse 40, and with many um, other words, he testified and exhorted them saying, be saved from this perverse generation. Man, that just everybody needs to be saved from their perverse generation. Uh, the danger of a progressive generation is they think they're the generation that doesn't need to be saved. They think they're the ge- generation that's going to make it all work and everybody else had it wrong, but we know better. We are better. We've matured. We've evolved. We whatever. And we know no, every generation is perverse and every generation needs a savior. Uh, verse 41, then those who gladly received his word were baptized and that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. That's a pretty big baptism. Wonder how many horse troughs they've had. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, you know, we baptized 30 with two horse troughs on Sunday. And, and you know, it was a lot. Imagine 3,000 people being baptized. Verse 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine in, in fellowship and in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Verse 43. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together. Uh, all who believed were together and had all things in common, and sold their possessions um, and goods, and divided them among all as anyone had need. As generosity, were blessed to be a blessing. So good. Uh, Verse 46, so continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. uh, Notice there, it's, it's, it's their whole life. It's in the temple and it's in house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Here's what I want you to see. Revival is not about a church service. Uh, I thank God for the church services. I thank God for coming into the house of God, coming, you know, in their version, coming to the temple, praising God, worshiping God, um, having those uh, public and corporate times of worship. But you see a real revival, um, you need to steward it. It should be sustainable. Matter of fact, Revival is almost a tricky word. A lot of people are throwing that word around uh, as if God is doing something, you know, amazing. But really, really revival, what we see happening in in these places where God is, is moving and people are repenting and people are responding and people are seeking God with hunger and with passion, just like here in the early church, in the church of Acts. Uh, this is normal Christianity. This is normal. So we call it revival because we've been maybe irresponsible. We've been maybe rebellious or maybe fleshly or maybe not seeking God with all of our heart. Maybe we sought God with some of our heart and not all of our heart. And so we call it revival because we see this move of God. But guys, we're just coming back up to what should be normal. This should be should be normal. This is what what it should be life uh, like for believers to walk with their creator and walk with their God, to be disciples of Christ, ambassadors of Christ. And so we're just walking in this thing. And I thank God for for all that's happening. But this should be normal. And so how do you sustain it? How do you steward it? 
How do, how do you live a lifestyle of, of walking with God, having a vibrant life in the spirit, walking in the spirit, not in the flesh, loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, um, you know, being obedient, walking in obedience, walking in holiness, walking in purity, walking in a passionate love for God. And so notice what they did after they were baptized. Um, uh, 3,000 people were saved and baptized. And after they were baptized, um, it says they continued or they devoted themselves. They devoted themselves to four things. You see these four things right there. They devoted themselves to the uh, the apostles' doctrine, and that's the teaching of the fathers. That's one generation that the hearts of the fathers being turned to the children, and the hearts of the children being turned back to the fathers to prepare the way of the Lord. It's teaching um, the scriptures. It's teaching Christ from the scriptures. It's this teaching, and it's a teaching with an intent to send them. It's not teaching just hiding out in church in your little church club. It's teaching that's apostolic. So it means teaching that is preparing to send because apostolic is about sending. So it's a, a teaching that's preparing people to go where they already are and be an ambassador for Christ. And then you see it's fellowship. It's fellowship, which is talking about godly relationships that we stop fellowshipping, you know, at the bars and at the clubs and and all, you know, wherever you go, whatever you do with ungodly fellowship and you fellowship with God and with the people of God that you begin to build these communities and these relationships, not not avoiding the world because we're supposed to go into the world and it's supposed to reach the world. But we have a core set of of strong core friends that are going to keep us accountable and stir up iron sharpening iron walking with the Lord. So fellowship. So if we're going to walk in revival, we're going to have apostolic teaching and be hungry for that. We're going to have uh, kingdom fellowship and be hungry for that. And then we're going to have the breaking of bread, which in this fellowship, we're going to eat meals together. And, and communion in that day was meal centered. It wasn't like wafer centered or little just little cup, whatever. And we do that today. And it's a way to honor and worship the Lord. But in the early church, they were having meals and a part of a bigger meal where they're connecting and fellowshipping. They would take communion and remember um, that who they are as a kingdom community of people. And the last one is prayers. They would begin to pray, praying for one another, uh, praying uh, for God to move in their city and move in their community, praying for signs, wonders, and miracles. And so if you want to sustain and steward revival in your life, because revival is a personal responsibility. And if you want to do that and not just, you know, be like, oh, look what God's doing over there. Look what God's doing over here. But you want to be a person that says, God, do it in me. Do it in me, God. Do it in my life. And 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 not getting lost in all the stuff happening on social media and just put your attention on the Lord and those around you and your realm of influence and your neck of the woods. Um, then practice these four things. Devote yourself to these four things. Find apostolic teaching that's teaching from Scripture that preaches Jesus and mobilizes you to bring Jesus to where you already are and everywhere where God wants you to go. And then uh, to fellowship and godly relationships where you can you can share with one another, pray with one another, have meals that center on like kingdom focused meals, kingdom communities, eating with gladness and simplicity of heart um, and having that kind of fellowship, remembering 
you know, with a, a community and a communion focus, remembering that we are the people of God and then being people of prayer, praying over your family, praying over your business, praying over your church. These are four ways that you can sustain revival and steward revival just like the early church and watch God take you from one degree of glory to another degree of glory and another degree of glory. So devote yourself to these four things and watch what God does. Father, I just bless you in Jesus' name, and I thank you for all these ones that are watching and listening. And I just thank you, Lord, um, that you go before us. I know. I thank you for Sunday um, as your people gather in your name to glorify you and magnify you. And we thank you for just the deliverance that is at hand in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Love you guys. See you Sunday. Thanks again for listening to the Faith Center podcast. To connect with us, go to faithcenter.tv and fill out our connection card. We pray blessings over you and your family. We'll see you next time.